Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. I cannot tell you how excited I am to be serving up solutions to your biggest hormone concerns and questions on Fridays. Honestly, before giving birth to Kingston, I thought I would only take one month off of my Friday solo episodes, but that is how little I understood about how much my life was about to change. Those first couple of months, the first two months of Kingston's life, were a complete and utter blur. Now, it was a blissful and challenging blur, and it is amazing, I know all the mamas know, how it can feel like both at the exact same time. And I remember realizing this in early January, about four weeks into motherhood, that I wasn't sure that I had the space to devote all this time to researching and writing up my solo episodes. And now that my book is out and we have support and I feel the expansion to dive back in, I am so incredible for you being here on this journey with me. So today what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about metabolism and weight resistance because I have a feeling that you would like to know how to get your metabolism back in line and that you would love for it to be working for you like a fine-tuned energy-burning machine. So let's get into it. Here's the thing, especially right now as I'm talking a lot about how we saunter into perimenopause and beyond. Turning 35 or 40 sets off alarm bells for many women, and it's no wonder. This milestone age is typically when we start experiencing the first stage of perimenopause and the drop of progesterone and eventually estrogen. Now, the thing about progesterone and estrogen, super important to know, is that they are insulin protective, especially estrogen. It makes insulin more sensitive. And progesterone is cortisol protective, allowing you to really keep that in check too. So when we start to lose them over time in our 40s, it's no wonder that 80% of women in their 40s are headed towards some pretty serious insulin resistance and a screeching, halting metabolism. Just a heads up. Also changes that happen, other common hormonal imbalances is cortisol, insulin resistance, what I've just spoken to, and potentially low thyroid function. These shifts in our hormones result in slowing of our metabolism, resulting in a seemingly unexplained weight gain, especially around the midsection. Now indeed, after 40, our metabolism winds down 5% every 10 years. So that's happening too, which means it's time to change things up to jumpstart our metabolism. Luckily, we absolutely have the ability to do so and become more metabolically fit. We can pivot with the way that our body pivots. And that's what I want to speak into today. Hence, the five simple ways to boost your metabolism. Now, for some of us, it can happen even earlier, depending on many different factors, hence why I said 35 years old. And one of those big factors is stress. Now, goodness knows, a lot of us have been feeling an insane amount of stress this last year. And for me, stress has always been the root cause for most of my hormone issues, including my low thyroid function and whacked out cortisol. 
Although my blood glucose has seemed fine and I never had my fasting insulin checked, I'm pretty sure that at one point I was struggling with some serious insulin resistance. I could feel it. I definitely had the symptoms of insulin resistance in my mid to late 30s. So back when I was, I was gonna just paint a little picture of what was going on with me. Back when I was 36 years old, I didn't really understand why I had just gained 15 pounds in six to eight months despite upping my exercise and training routine and decreasing my caloric intake every single day. It's the thing that doctors always tell you, oh, just work out more and eat less. Guess what? That's not how it works because our bodies are a chemistry lab. They're not just numbers on a scale, right? There's more to it. Our hormones are involved. And yes, you can do all, you can eat less and exercise more and actually still gain weight. Hence, I'm a perfect example of that. Now, I remember looking at pictures from those years when I was 36, 37, and literally my face was so puffy and inflamed, but I just couldn't see it. All I could do was focus on the weight issue. And honestly, no matter how much I worked out, I continued to watch the scale in my bathroom go up and up and up. So no matter how much I tried to address the weight head on, I found myself back at square one like a vicious tornado cycle. What I finally realized the hard way was that weight is a symptom of something bigger. And this is what I tell my detox attendees every time we start a new live group. And we have just wrapped up our spring detox group literally this week as I'm recording it today actually is day 14. And over a thousand people have experienced some transformational results. And we're gonna get into some of those pieces in just a minute because even in 14 days, we can create more metabolic flexibility. Hence why I wanted to really emphasize the five simple ways to boost your metabolism. It's not that hard. We just got to be consistent. Now, if you're addressing your weight as though it's the root cause, you're going to continue to spin your wheels just as I did. While the weight gain and the uncomfortable clingy clothes may be the forefront of your mind, addressing the causative factors behind it should be your focus, not the weight. For me, those causative factors were insulin resistance, chronic stress, and cellular inflammation driven by my autoimmune condition that at the time I just was not aware of. And best believe these issues, these causative factors were all interconnected. And here's the deal. Weight resistance is a byproduct of inflammation in the body caused by a number of concerns, as I mentioned before, such as insulin resistance, estrogen dominance, chronic stress, emotional eating, gut issues, liver issues. Really, we just got to figure out what it is and then tune that part up. And how do you know that you may be struggling with any of these? Well, labs are always a great way to know, especially when it comes to measuring your hormones, but symptoms are also a great indicator. So let's just focus on one of the causative effects that I mentioned earlier, given that 80% of women are struggling with it after the age of 40, and that is insulin resistance. When the cells are not being open to receiving insulin as a hormone so that they can take up glycogen or glucose. So that's what's going on here. Here. When our cells are like, nope, we don't want nothing to do with you, we're not going to uptake the glucose in our blood, then we have a situation where we're creating inflammation over time. So insulin resistance in the reproductive system looks like PMS symptoms, looks like estrogen dominance, looks like polycystic ovarian syndrome. Insulin resistance and inflammation driven by that in the brain is brain fog, dementia, Alzheimer's, mood swings, anxiety. Insulin resistance in our cardiovascular system, right, is arteriosclerosis, it's high blood pressure, and it can go on and on and on. It's amazing how when our metabolic system shuts 
that's down and we've got inflammatory markers like hemoglobin A1C above 5.5, where we start to see other issues going on in the body. It's like system-wide inflammation. So if we're looking at specifically insulin resistance and a decrease in metabolic flexibility, which can naturally begin to happen in our mid-30s to early 40s, if we continue to live the standard American lifestyle, not just diet, but lifestyle, right? Dealing with the constant barrage of to-do lists and text messages and rushing from here to there and everywhere and the food that we're shoving down our throats and the demands of the day and the stressors, all of that is the standard American lifestyle. And that also drives insulin resistance and a decrease in metabolic flexibility. So here are some of the symptoms to be looking out for if one, you don't have access to labs or two, your doctor won't run the labs or three, you just want a sense of what's going on right now. So here is that list. Tired after eating, you wake up tired, you're feeling fatigued throughout the day. So clearly being fatigued and tired definitely is connected to metabolic flexibility. Aches and pains, waist circumference is larger than the hip circumference. So you've got more of an apple shape versus a pear shape. Weight resistance or difficulty to lose weight no matter what. That was me for sure. Intense sugar cravings at any time in the day and night. Always hungry no matter what, you can just never feel full high triglycerides in the labs, and high total cholesterol, important to look at, brain fog, mood swings, and anxiety. So if you're dealing with any of these, at least definitely two or more, it's worth looking at blood sugar levels. And I wanna just speak into this because right now I'm actually wearing a CGM, a continuous glucose monitor, because I'm really curious not only what foods raise my blood glucose levels and how quickly my body rebounds and gets back to normal range, but also what other activities. Are there interviews that I'm doing? Is it when I'm doing a bunch of cardio or strength training? Like what is it that's driving my blood glucose levels, which is in turn driving insulin? And I know that this is about the five simple ways to boost metabolism, but I wanna go into the nitty gritty of what's happening behind the scene so that we have a sense of what we can do to pivot. All right, so I wanted to just share about my CGM as well. I'm documenting a lot of that on Instagram right now at my Dr. Marisa Instagram page. Okay, so now that we have a sense of what's going on, what do we do about this? If our body has a natural tendency towards insulin resistance and decreased metabolic flexibility, us as women, with a decline of progesterone and estrogen, which is inevitable, we're gonna go through it, right? How do we get ourselves into a place where we are feeling energetic, we are feeling like our brain is firing on all cylinders, we are slim, we are toned, our weight isn't fluctuating or we're not just putting weight on for no reason. And I'm excited to break that down for you right now. Now, before we get into my top five metabolic boosting solutions, I wanna quickly define what our metabolism does so that we have a more clear understanding of the metabolic health that we're looking to achieve. So your metabolism, more specifically your metabolic rate, is how quickly your body is able to burn calories. Basically take the substrates, the food sources that you're consuming, move them through the bloodstream and into the cells so that they can use them in the mitochondria to create ATP. So metabolism is the process of the body using and converting food into energy known as ATP. Your body either uses this fuel right away or stores it in body tissues like your liver, muscles, and body fat. Your liver stores it as glycogen, and if we don't use it there, your liver ends up converting it to dry glycerides and storing it into adipose tissue. So just know, hence why we get a fatty liver or abdominal visceral fat is because there's so much sugar cranking, your liver's having to manage it and convert it into triglycerides. 
Many factors influence metabolism, including sex, age, thyroid levels, a ratio of muscle to fat, and your emotional state and your stress state, right? So now that you have a sense of the underlying causes, what's going on behind the scenes, let's talk about my top five ways to boost your metabolism starting today. And the goal here is to take action because all of these things are very doable in the comfort of your own home. Number one, and these are of no particular order, just kind of how I wrote them out. Get high quality sleep. I get it, easier said than done, but we do wanna aim for at least eight hours per night and make sure those are eight full high quality shut eye hours, meaning that you spend as much time as possible in REM sleep, which rejuvenates the brain, and deep sleep, which restores the body. That means we gotta create a sleep routine. If you know you're struggling with sleep, one, because all of a sudden 10.30 accidentally became 2.30 a.m. or you are trying to cram a bunch of work in or your brain just won't shut down, whatever the reason is, let's talk about creating a sleep routine so that your body is getting used to locking back into those natural circadian rhythms. Because we run on a 24-hour clock, our body has biological rhythms, and if we can lock those in, we'll get way better REM and deep sleep. So having good sleep hygiene looks like that. Having a really solid routine. So spend the last hour or two hours of your day screen free. No phones, no TV, no laptop. Literally, you are removed from as much artificial light as possible that could be throwing off your melatonin levels. This is gonna be huge. So put all of the screens away. Next, wind down with journaling, reading, or meditation, or goodness, Two of those or three of those. I personally love reading and meditation before going to bed. And this is a great way to shut down the racing thoughts and prepare your body for sleep. Also, it's great to do this with a hot cup of herbal tea. I love an herbal rooibos every single night with a little bit of cinnamon. And then I do my reading. And there's just, oh my gosh, there's so many great books out right now. I am really just having such a good time reading. Sometimes I just do it on Audible. I listen to my book because it's just easier sometimes. So just figure out your way of doing things. Have consistent evening rituals, right? So making sure that you've got your self-care locked and loaded, you're using your essential oils, you've got just, again, the same thing that you do every single night, maybe you have a noise machine or that meditation that you use or that book that you're reading, just go have your 15 to 20 minute sleep routine where you really gear yourself up for rest and relaxation. Then turn the lights out. You want it pitch dark in your room so that melatonin levels can really ramp up to keep you asleep. Using calming essential oils, lavender, roman chamomile, vetiver, cedarwood, alang-alang, these are some of my favorites. And you can also run a bath with these. And then last, if you really need a little bit of a booster, I recommend adding magnesium glycinate specifically before you go to bed. So I formulated my magnesium restore to support relaxation, sleep, and ease anxiousness and mental chatter. I take two or three of them every single night before going to bed, literally right before going to bed. Um, and it allows this essential mineral to permeate the muscles, the brain, and the body to relax. Most women are deficient in magnesium. And what's so great about glycine is that it's a powerful amino acid that calms the brain. Another thing to consider using is gonna be taurine, which is another amino acid. So magnesium, glycine, and taurine. You'd have to buy taurine separately. 
And then I also have a wonderful sleep blend called Zen Sleep, which has herbals like chamomile, lavender, magnesium, all kinds of wonderful herbals and beautiful minerals to guarantee decent, beautiful, deep night sleep. So I have both and I will have the link for Magnesium Restore and Zen Sleep in the show notes in case you wanna go check those out, in case you have been dealing with sleeping problems. Number two, so sleep is number one. We know that sleep, if we don't get an adequate amount of sleep, we will create insulin resistance and high levels of cortisol. It'll affect our morning, it'll affect everything. Sleep is so critical and if you wanna measure your sleep and you can like afford to do so, I recommend getting an aura ring. Now right now, I'll be honest with you, my sleep is in the crapper because I'm getting up multiple times a night to take care of the baby, but I know this is a temporary state, but I'll tell you what, I cannot wait to get back to my amazing sleep schedule. I know how critical it is. Luckily, I'm wearing the CGM and it doesn't look like it's having too much of an effect on me, thank goodness. Number two, add 20 minutes of strength training to build those muscles one to two times a day if you can. Muscle building speeds up your metabolic rate for up to two hours after every 20 minute sessions. I don't know about you, but I am down with 20 minutes. If I can get two hours of fat burning, metabolic rate going, just experience after the 20 minute session. So by doing a strength routine, which I am a big fan of, you build more muscles, and the more muscle you have, the better your metabolism is functioning. That is just the way it is. Plus, your muscle is an organ of longevity and is really an indicator of what's gonna go down with you later on in life. So building muscle will not only help you burn more calories when you're not moving, which is a big plus, but the higher your muscle mass is, the stronger your metabolic rate, and the more insulin sensitive you will become stabilizing insulin levels. Yes, yes. Also, muscle tissue just sucks up, like literally soaks up all that glucose and it doesn't let it go. It'll just stay there in the muscles, which is so incredible. But if you don't have good muscle mass, we won't see these changes happening. And once you hit 40, we decrease in our muscle mass, as I mentioned earlier, by 5%. That is definitely something to be mindful of. Number three, create a morning boosting routine. So start your day with a 16 ounce or 20 ounce glass of a belly slim down water to help de-bloat your belly and to support your liver and gut. So here is my belly slim down water. It is in a two liter glass jar. You always wanna use glass if you can. Add in two liters basically of purified water, a whole lemon squeeze. I personally love Meyer lemon because it's just got a sweeter taste to it. Add 10 to 15 mint leaves or basil leaves, totally up to you. I just love the herbaceousness of herbs. Even rosemary is worth trying. And an entire sliced cucumber. For me, I love using Persian cucumbers. And a dash of cayenne or ginger root, like you can squeeze and press ginger root into the water as well if you're feeling a little spicy. The great thing about cayenne pepper it has, um, it has a wonderful chemical constituents, which studies show will boost your metabolism and help you burn an extra 50 calories a day. Also, ginger is very metabolically driven as well, and so is cinnamon. So any of those three are really great at helping to burn some extra calories. 
Now, speaking of cinnamon, I definitely recommend adding cinnamon to your coffee or tea instead of sugar. Even a sweetener like stevia or monk fruit or Splenda. Cinnamon is the better option. It is natural. It's amazing at stabilizing blood sugar levels. It's heart protective. And this is a swap that I started 10 years ago and I've never looked back. I always just add cinnamon to my coffee and I travel with cinnamon like in a little container. So I always have it with me at all times. Now, the other part of your metabolic morning routine is making sure that you have protein at every single meal, especially breakfast, no matter when you have your first meal. I'm gonna talk about intermittent fasting in just a moment. You wanna aim for 20 to 25 grams of protein at each meal minimum to support your muscles. Again, we need to make sure that we're building those muscles up and to aid in stabilizing glucose and insulin levels. This is so, so critical. So protein, it can happen in a green smoothie by adding protein powder. I have an incredible vanilla and chocolate bone broth protein powder that is amazing. And I think it delivers 22 grams of protein with every serving. Also, you can do a scramble, like an egg scramble with tons of veggies, making sure you're getting your fiber in, or it could be a coconut yogurt or a regular yogurt, or it could just be yesterday's dinner. I don't think breakfast has to be specifically breakfast foods. It can just be anything where you're getting lots of healthy fats, lots of protein, and some good fiber. That's going to be the important piece. Now, as I mentioned, intermittent fasting, that is number four. I want you to try intermittent fasting three to four times a week, three times minimum. The sweet spot for women is usually four times a week, but you can absolutely do more. Just listen to your body and see what goes on. And for women in our 40s plus, when it comes to intermittent fasting those days of the week, you're looking at 13 to 16 hours of fasting between dinner and breakfast. That's usually the easiest way because you're sleeping through most of that. Now, if you stop eating at 7 p.m., like your last meal, last caloric intake is at 7 p.m., then the first meal of the day would be 8 a.m. And Honestly, I think working out before you eat, so working out while you're fasted, can also help to improve insulin sensitivity and muscle mass. So just something to think about. If you're not able to do that, no worries. You can always have something before you work out. So that first meal of the day will be 8 a.m. Or if it's 14 hours, 9 a.m., 15 hours, 10 a.m., or 16 hours, 11 a.m. for the most metabolic benefit. And if you can make it all the way to 10 or 11 a.m., you're looking at cellular cleanup. And right now, because of my mama brain, I cannot think of the other word I'm looking for, but basically the cells have that ability to go in and clean up shop. And I'm sure that word's gonna come to me in just a second. So anywhere between 14 and 16 hours, we really see that really powerful cellular change where your cells are cleaning up shop and your mitochondria are working so much better, which is also great for reducing cellular inflammation. Then even more so, one of the best ways to get insulin levels back in a great range along with blood glucose levels is to ensure if you're able to measure it, the optimal range is 72 to 110 milligrams per deciliter. So if you've ever measured your blood glucose levels, that ideally you wanna keep yourself in that range even after a meal. So right now with my continuous glucose monitor that I'm wearing, usually post meals, I hop to around 90, 94, but that's it. Usually the highest is 100 and that's great. You wanna stay within that 72 to 110 marker. That's gonna be really, really powerful. If you're able to measure that, yes, I highly recommend it. All right, 
Number five, probably one of the easiest things to do on this entire list of boosting your metabolism immediately is increase your NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Now there's a lot that you can do at the gym to increase your metabolism, right, lifting weights, but there's also a ton that you can do outside of the gym that has a big effect on your metabolism. So non-exercise activity thermogenesis, or the energy that is expended from general daily activities, has a significant impact on the number of calories your body burns every single day. By moving more during your daily life, you'll see huge improvements in your metabolism. So you always wanna be looking for opportunities to move throughout the day. Park your car further from the entrance of your office, take the stairs instead of the elevator, walk around your house during a phone call. The more you move, the more calories you burn. And there you have it, five simple, inexpensive, and effective ways to boost your metabolic rate and your overall metabolic health to burn more calories and turn those calories into energy. What I recommend when it comes to getting started is to pick one of these five that feels the easiest to you and begin integrating it as a habit into your daily lifestyle. So which one? Of all these five, right, sleep, intermittent fasting, moving around throughout the day, strength training for 20 minutes, right? Which one sounds the best to you? Which one do you wanna get started with? Let me know by reaching out to me on Instagram at Dr. Marisa, D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A. Now, even as a new mama, I have been able to integrate four out of the five throughout the week. The first one, which is the one I'm not able to do, is dialing in the sleep, as I mentioned earlier, that has been the hardest because I am getting up in the middle of the night to do some feedings to feed the baby. And so I know that once I'm not up doing night feedings anymore, I know that my sleep will definitely get, hopefully get significantly better. I bet you're listening to me and you're like, oh, you have no idea. But my intention is that I'm sleeping better as well. So the other four I am doing at least a 12 to 13 hour fast every single day. I am moving around as much as possible. I'm walking in my neighborhood. I live on all these hills. Honestly, you cannot get to my house without going up or down a hill and then having to climb back or up it. And I've got my morning boosting routine. I drink my water every morning with apple cider vinegar and lemon and cucumbers. I'm doing my cinnamon in my coffee that I've done for over a decade. And when I first have a meal, I always have protein in it. Usually it is a green smoothie with protein powder, healthy fats like avocado. So again, just dialing this in and what I've learned over the years is that all of this is super easy, but what matters most is consistency. So I know that if I'm consistent with these routines and these lifestyle habits every single day, it will really move the needle for me. So much so that I have one pound to go from my being pregnant, so my baby weight, and has everything to do with me working on boosting my metabolic health. Now, if you are wanting a full blueprint to resetting insulin levels and reducing inflammation and getting that metabolic flexibility back online, I do have a comprehensive 21-day hormone makeover program in my newest book, The Essential Oils Menopause Solution. I take into account everything that I mentioned here today and go into even more detail to make it so easy to implement. And... It blows my mind that in 21 days, we can produce a powerful transformation in energy levels, metabolism, stress, focus, even confidence. So if you haven't grabbed your copy yet, I will have a link to go and grab it along with the epic bonuses that I have for you. 
or you can just go to the website, drmarisa.com and click the link there. The bonuses are there. You just click that, go get the book and then claim your bonuses. Thank you so much for stopping by and joining me today for my first Friday solo episode since the baby was born. It feels so good to be back on Fridays and to show up to serve here on the Essentially You podcast. On the next episode, join me and Paleo Valley founder Autumn Smith to talk about three things everyone needs to know about the link between diet and mental health. I cannot wait for this conversation. There's so many gems you're going to walk away from. And I look forward to connecting back with you twice a week. Until our next episode, have an amazing weekend.